1: So, would you put today's podcast in a positive or a negative call? Yes, <laughs> it's it's very positive at the end if you believe the government. Hmm. It's very positive. We we discovered this weekend there is a real possibility that we can make energy through fusion. That's the announcement that's supposed to come out tomorrow from the U.S. Department of Energy. So I'm not—I'm a little skeptical. But then we also had uh, Jeff Brown on, who is a futurist, who's like, if it's not this, in the next 18, uh, 24 months, it, it's going to be
0: somebody. Fusion is here. That's remarkable. Mm-hmm. We're going. It's going fast. I don't know that we've really thought through all the ramifications of it, but a lot of them will be positive if that happens. Oh, so that's good. Wait until you hear. Yeah, yeah, today's podcast just for futurists. You're going to
1: love this. Um, also, we talk about the future of the uh, the Republican Party. What is it they have to do with the budget? We take that first step there today on the podcast. Here it is.
0: To the best of the Glenn Beck program.
1: I don't even know where to start on the Twitter thing. Um, the, I mean, what bothers you the most? That Twitter and the Democrats lied about censorship? That the government was involved with Twitter and censorship? That Michelle Obama pressured Twitter to ban Trump? That the media is completely silent New York Times, Washington Post, one story in the last week. There have been several updates that have happened. And nothing on the Sunday shows except Fox. How about the FBI and CDC using a back channel with uh, Twitter? Or the internal documents that show only one Twitter uh, uh, employee was raising serious free speech
0: concerns and identified as a junior staffer yeah
1: by the way okay so there are three things here that uh they should lawyer up about first uh it looks like the material uh may have been intentionally hidden or destroyed despite inquiries from congress remember congressman said twitter don't destroy anything because we're coming for an investigation so it looks like some of the evidence has been destroyed. That's not going to go well for people. Plus, they um, they lied under oath over and over and over again. This is this is a free speech fight for the public, and most people are debating whether Twitter is bad or good. Um. This is about the federal government being involved
0: neck deep in censorship to me. I think so, too, because it's interesting. You read the back and forth. There is one employee. It's like, hey, guys, I don't know if we should, like, ban a leader of the free world. Maybe this is a bad idea. There is one employee doing that. One. 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 I mean, legitimately one single employee, a junior level staffer. In a slack message. In a slack message. (laughs) Just it's a comical. There's nobody there going like, hey guys, like don't you see how this is gonna be seen by Um, half the country? He says this might be an unpopular opinion,
1: but one off ad hoc decisions like this that don't appear rooted in policy are, in my opinion, a slippery slope and reflect an alternatively equal dictatorial problem. Um, He said, this now appears to be fiat by an online platform CEO with a global present that can gatekeep speech for the entire world. That seems
0: unsustainable. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very nice way of saying saying the very obvious thing. How is wrong with you? Yeah. So it's interesting because first of all, you, you mentioned the CEO. And I don't know if it was Jack counts at that point because he went back and forth in that role. But yeah. I will say it does seem that Jack was out of these conversations often. It, it doesn't seem like he was the center pushing point for a lot of the stuff. And uh, he was—I mean—in this one, he was on vacation, phoning into meetings. They say mm. so. We'll see how that plays out if we get as we get more information. But he doesn't seem to be the the center. The center. Uh, Power, the, the, the gravity of all of this. He's Ooh. not. He seems to be occasionally involved, but not necessarily involved in the day to day. This guy, Yoel Roth, is the guy who seems to be the guy who really is behind a lot of this. And they have a lot of his messages. What I find interesting, though, is you go through them and there is a lot of conversation from Twitter employees saying things like, look, our policies don't allow us to do this. There's no justification for doing these things because of our our policies. policies, Yes. So how do we craft (laughs) You're supposed to stop there. You're not supposed to go to the cell. But they go (laughs) on and they say, so how do we craft a path around the policies? How do Hmm. we justify this through the policies? So in other words, we all love the Constitution, but there are things we have to do. Right. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's things we have to do. And that seems to be the constant refrain in these messages they all agreed obviously that donald trump was bad and that he needed to be removed immediately and conservatives were dangerous and all of this but they didn't do a lot about that in this period as far as banning if they couldn't come up with a way to justify the policies around january 6th that all way, seemed to yeah. change like they just abandoned this completely and just started because blanket justifying things. how they felt because of how they felt and, but, how, they felt. and how they felt is, is important because I think it's you could say it's how they felt because they felt Donald Trump was a danger to the country that uh, the, the the right was, was a, a horrible uh, group of people that were doing terrible things and I think that's true like I think that is part of this story part but the other thing they felt was massive pressure from federal government em- employees, uh, Michelle, Michelle Obama, Obama uh, major rep- people in the press that are supposed to be neutral. All of these, all of the pressure came in. A lot of these people are friends. They felt massive outside pressure to come up with a way to justify this policy or not. And so they executed it. Does that mean that they are innocent here? No, not at all. I mean, they're just, it doesn't change how you should feel about Twitter. But it should, I think, put the focus of the American people and their attention span, which is limited, to the, the people in the federal government who are starting this pressure campaign. Right? It, it's imp- Yes, it's interesting that some executive at Twitter was liberal and looked for a way to ban... Uh, Donald Trump or some other conservative. Sure, that's interesting. It's part of the story, but the fact that our government was getting involved, federal government and former mm-hmm. government employees, oh, as as early as I
1: mean, as late as last week, Elon Musk fired the guy yeah. who was involved in the Trump setup of the Russia Gate. He the, the that FBI agent was. Still filtering and possibly deleting things, covering up the FBI's involvement
0: in Twitter as as late as last week. And that's far more important. Oh, yeah. It's far more important that this stuff was going on outside because, look, there are a lot. They're going to have their defenses on whether they ban people or not, whether it fits policy or not how big of a of a violation is that look it, it they could get punished but it might not be that serious the first amendment specifically uh deals with federal government influence i mean it specifically means uh, talking about laws but it does have i think a direct line direct line from federal government employees and former oh, yeah. employees oh, yeah. uh, pressuring. Oh, to the White House. To, they said right, it. Yeah, they said it. They bragged about it. Yes, and bra- they bragged about it. At the time. And, and the media was so on their side on this stuff that it never got any critical treatment. Right. It but shows CDC,
1: FBI, White House, all of them, all of them steering and pushing the steerage
0: of Twitter. They had an online portal where yeah, you could say, hey, bad. this tweet you should pull down. And Twitter would look at right. it. Now, is Twitter looking at that really? Are they making a... Are they making a coherent uh, analysis of what this tweet is? Actually, this particular physician is from Stanford, he's well-respected, he's a little out huh. of the mainstream maybe of, of consensus, but hey, you know, he still has an important voice. But are they doing that? No.
1: But the experts say, the federal experts say, he's not. So, the so are you is more a expert than the federal
0: government's experts? Right. The pressure is making the decision. Correct. There is no decision making. Correct. They're just adopting it. Now, of course, so, if, if Donald Trump's administration came to them and said the same thing, it would not be this way. Why the silence
1: from mainstream media. This is an enormous story. This is proof positive that the government is colluding to lie to you and using Twitter to do it. Why the silence? How does the press think they will get away with this? And will they? You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. I want to play a couple of um, I want to play a couple of pieces from the media in Russia. And I'll translate here. Um, First, let's play Victor Bout. He is um, speaking on his boot boot. Sorry, Victor boot, Victor boot. Um, He's speaking um, on Russian television about the American society. Here
0: he is. He says what's happening in the West is simply the suicide of civilization. And
1: if this suicide isn't prevented, at very least outside the Western world,
0: in the world not controlled by the
1: Anglo-Saxons, the entire planet will commit suicide. You know, and this is probably happening in all areas. Drugs. What is it called in Russian? LGBTQ+.
0: Can you imagine that in American schools, they are now teaching first
1: graders, six and seven year old first graders, that it turns out there are 72 genders. Not just you know gay people and normal people, but seventy-two. Okay, all right. So people tweeted that and go, look, we released a guy. This he he was in prison here, and he goes back, and he even knows we're how sick we are, and he's saying it. Comment reserved. Now, here's another show. This is a big. Uh, big Talk show, television show in Russia. This is Russian state media mocking Biden. Now, listen to this one.
2: Of course, I was
1: very amused but not surprised that Boot was exchanged for Griner and not Whalen.
2: First of all, I congratulate Boot and his entire family for many years. We have been in touch with his family. Uh,
1: to the extent that it was possible we communicated with him to the extent we could. Of course, this is a huge joy and relief to all of us. I can't even imagine what this means to his family. But he was not exchanged for the heroic spy because he's a spy Whelan is a spy
2: he was apprehended
1: while receiving information
2: on a flash drive he said he was supposed to get photos of churches uh,
1: on a flash drive you send church photos through WhatsApp right that's where we got him we don't get a flash drive brought to you for that quality uh, would be decent no worse than a flash drive he's a spy therefore To them, he's a hero, he's a hero, decorated marine covered in metals. He has not one, not two, but three problems. First problem,
2: he's white. Second problem, he is a man.
1: Third problem, he's a heterosexual. This is not something you can get away with. American voters, uh, he beats uh, Greiner in every aspect. It's a catastrophe. American voters were given a choice. A hero who suffered while serving his fatherland or a metal-covered hero who suffered during his service to his fatherland. The United States or a black lesbian hooked on drugs who suffered for vape with hashish
2: Hashish,
1: a well known for the sake of PR. American voters are choosing the obvious. I think this is one more piece of good news. The first good news is boot returned. The second good news is a nation that spits on its heroes to the extent that it considers it significantly more important to free, rightfully charged, well known athlete. She didn't suffer. She served her as she served her motherland, but because she couldn't live with with, to, for 10 hours without hashish instead of freeing the person in prison for two years for serving his motherland this says a lot about the state of this society these intelligence agencies and everything
0: related to geopolitical confrontation wow wow <laughs> a lot to unpack in that analysis so what are your thoughts watching this well Taking I think you're going to go Just your base. Yeah, just your base just on what they actually are saying. First of all, he was not a spy. This is a a complete lie. He was not a spy. That is a that is still to this day is not a spy. That is a lie by the Russian uh, by Russian propaganda. Not Mm -hmm. true. Important to note. Uh, He and at some level. Uh, you know, he's not an American hero. And I say that not because that's my opinion, but because the media has not focused really at all on the guy. I mean, he's not known in American circles at all. He was just, he's an unknown person, mm-hmm. unless you happen to follow this stuff, which I know we have, and I know the audience probably has, but generally speaking, it has not been covered. Most people don't know. In fact, the hero of the two to the American media is Brittany Griner. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is <coughs> is it because she's black and lesbian and uh, a woman that part is interesting and a celebrity and a celebrity so taking the celebrity part separately because i think that is undoubtedly true like i a hundred percent true the reason why they went after britney Griner is because there was so much pop so press on if
1: it. i were if i were over in russia and arrested for anything just say no. the same thing <laughs> vaping okay
0: Oh, they'd send you—I mean, they'd, oh, they'd send. They'd me to, ask you to go to Siberia. Yeah, China. okay, so— Yes, it would, it's not just it, pure fame, but it's yeah, the right kind it of fame. would not it's, it's the yeah. right kind of fame. It's right. the politically correct fame. Right. I think the interesting part about her gender, her sexuality, the color of her skin, is you could argue, well, that's not it. Because I we made this argument, and I know you made this argument uh, last week, where— there's a real argument to be made to me, to you, yeah. to I think many conservatives, right? That we do go get the woman out of this situation before the man who's a marine, out of chivalry. Oh my gosh, how outdated are you?
1: How I know, dare you I know, say that? It is. That's that. I mean, that is that America would have done this, you know, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, without question, without question. The woman goes first. The Marine was trained. He can
0: handle it. And every Marine would cheer it on. Yes. You know, and I think now, of course, the Biden administration can't make that argument because they can't even define what a woman is. Right. So how can they possibly say it? So and they're not saying it's chivalry. They're not saying that's why they did it. But like, think of the alternative. Let's say they did take Whelan. What would the media be saying today? If they did take a white male instead of Brittany Griner, forget the way it came out. If they did the opposite, we know it would be months of coverage of the only reason they didn't take Brittany Griner is because she's black, she's a woman, and she has an alternative lifestyle. And you can't do that to the hand that
1: feeds you. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so I it would have been think- only the extreme left that would have it would have split. I mean, the left has one thing. The right does not have cooperation, cooperation. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. Do You really think that the Marxists are in bed with GE and and all of these other giant corporate with Citibank? Do you really think? No, of course not. That was a deal made at uh, Occupy Wall Street. Look, we'll give you some money. You go away. You leave us alone. But they still hate each other. Mm -hmm. But they work together. The right doesn't. If he would have released that, only the extreme dedicated left would have gone on television. And it would have been mainly on MSNBC, I think, because they couldn't bite the government hand that is feeding them. It would have been there but it wouldn't have been as strong if it was a Republican that did it, it'd be over. That's all you'd hear about for the four years. It's true. It's okay? true. Um, here's the thing that I, I really want to point out. This is um, Dugan. Alexander Dugan. Alexander Dugan is uh, a master at traditionalism. Capital T. Traditionalism.
0: He's a Russian advisor
1: to Putin. He is a scholar. He is the guy whose daughter was just assassinated. Uh, he says by Ukrainians. Um, he is a very influential figure in Russia. Alexander Dugin is extraordinarily dangerous. He has used Putin money um, over here in the United States. He has allies. Here in the United States, his allies tend to be like, um, uh, what's his name? Robert Spencer, the head of the Nazi, isn't in that Richard Spencer, Richard Spencer. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Robert, whoever you are, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Rich, uh, yeah, the Rich, form kind of known as the head of the alt-right and such. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was Nazi. His wife or his girlfriend, I can't remember. I think it's his wife. His wife is the translator for Alexander Dugan the English translator, okay? Um, he is in bed with the worst of the worst, and he also comes in with sheep's clothing. He also has emissaries that have put money into traditional family kind of things. So he's just talking tradition. Look, we, we're going to lose our traditions. We're losing, we're losing basic, basic things here that you know, God wants us to have. He is as close as you can get to Satan on earth as you can find. He believes that the entire world has to reset, and so he wants to bring on literally Armageddon and the end of the world. He believes it's better to reset to the Stone Age to where we all are just tribal again, And we get rid of all of this new uh, technology and get rid of all of these new things that make us into who we are. I think we should just master them and not let them be the master of us. He wants everything destroyed. He is really frightening. I think he is the most frightening James Bond style villain alive today. He and Klaus Schwab, extraordinarily dangerous. But he's dangerous because he's the guy who pushes narratives in the West like this. He's the guy who's like, you know, this is suicide by the Anglo-Saxons. And somebody's got to stand up or the entire planet. And so that's got to be Russia. Russia is the defender of the faith. Now, have you ever thought of Russia as the defender of the faith? (laughs) Russia's the defender of the faith. Not the reputation, uh, historically. Uh, But, you know, in American schools, they're teaching about 72 genders. Look, they're letting this, this lesbian drug user out over a traditional hero. She was rightfully charged. How could they possibly do that? They've gone to hell. Extraordinarily dangerous. I tweeted this without comment because I wanted to make the comment today because you need to understand it, and that's not going to happen in a tweet. You need to understand this. Satan is the author of all lies, confusion, and chaos. But he, is, he does not only speak lies. His trick is he speaks much of the truth and then commingles it with extraordinarily evil lies what's the truth we're on a suicide path gang unless somebody stands up in the western hemisphere the west is going to wipe itself out we are on a suicidal path period that part of the message is true We have turned things upside down that because you're a man or a heterosexual, you're not worth as much as somebody else. Meaning all men are created equal is no longer true. That's suicidal. That's not sustainable. That's what built the West. Again, true. The lie Russia is the savior. Their kind of government is the savior. I don't think any government is the savior. I think the government of God is the savior. The only reason why we had a semi-decent government, as Churchill said, the worst, except for everybody else's government. Um, The reason why we had that semi-decent government was because we understood our first passport, our first citizenship was to the kingdom of God. Our second citizenship was American. And until we realize that, we will be duped by dangerous, dangerous lies mixed with clear truth the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jeff Brown. Always good to talk to you, my friend. How are you?
2: Good morning. Good Good to have you on. Uh,
1: Jeff, I was reading Saturday, uh, something from, uh, what was it? Morgan Stanley. I can't remember. Uh, One of the big financial firms and they were showing uh, what's happening with ESG and the whole plan and it got to 3031, and it said fusion plants to provide baseline energy. And I thought, gee, that's eight years away. How's that going to happen? The next day, I hear that we are announcing fusion energy. So I come to three conclusions, and I want, I want to see what you think. A. The big oil companies have always put fusion and hidden all that technology. We've had it forever. But oil, big oil stopped it. I don't believe that. Second, um, <clears throat> the, um, the government uh, has uh, uh, fusion and it's ready to go and it's going to be remarkable and it's going to happen quickly. Or the third option is they know we're close to something and this is a way to get people excited like a moonshot and get everybody on board with a public-private partnership to pioneer this technology with no idea whether or not we're going to be the ones that find it but we might as well try a moonshot which one of those or is it something else
2: well glenn the 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 closest the closest one of the scenarios that you described is definitely the third one. Right. Um, you, you know, there are a, a large number of different approaches that are being tested around the world uh, of, of nuclear fusion reactors, and it's very experimental at this stage. Um, generally speaking, we all know that it's going to work. It's just a matter of figuring out Uh, which one-or-ones, which approaches are going to uh, really be the most effective in terms of producing limitless clean energy. Um, You know, the technology, historically, um, we just haven't had the material science. uh, We haven't had the artificial intelligence to manage these incredibly complex plasma reactions under immense heat and immense pressure. Uh, but the whole industry has been advancing at an incredible pace over the last three years in particular uh, that we're right on the cusp, that inflection point where we've actually produced a net energy output reaction. We produced a lot of fusion reactions for milliseconds or in some cases a few seconds, but they haven't been net energy output. Um, they've, They've required more energy to create and maintain the action, uh, the reaction and um, the energy that was actually produced from the fusion reaction.
1: So let me show you the re- read to you the exact report. The report yeah. offers some reason to be careful as two of the sources said the greater than expected energy output of 2.5 megajoules of energy in the experiment using 2.1 megajoules of energy in the lasers. Damaged diagnostic equipment, so they couldn't measure initial diagnostic data suggests another successful experiment at the National Ignition Facility. However, the exact yield is still being determined and we can't confirm that it's over the threshold. That analysis is in process. So publishing the information before that process is complete would be inaccurate. So we're at exactly the same place we've been for a while. We we don't know if we have it. We haven't been able to measure these.
2: Well, uh, we may know as early as tomorrow, it sure sounds like they've had a net energy output reaction. And it's worth, it's worth mentioning that, um, you know, Lawrence Livermore uh, Laboratory um, has had successful fusion reactions in the past. They had a big breakthrough earlier this year. Um, their approach is quite different. They use uh, a bunch of lasers, 192 to be exact, that they focus on some fuel to create that intense pressure and the intense heat that causes um, uh, the hydrogen to um, to combine into helium, which releases the energy. They've been able to demonstrate that before. So to me, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if the news is confirmed uh, tomorrow or later this week that they in fact have had a net energy output
1: so what kind of a net energy output do you need to be the miracle we're looking for
2: well i mean the reality is anything greater than than one in other words uh more energy output than the energy required to sustain the the reaction is a win um but the reality is we actually don't have to sacrifice the technology um uh when implemented, when proven to be successful and no, no longer theoretical, you'll be able to manage a, a nuclear fusion reaction um, and create 10 units of energy for every one unit of input. Now, what that means is basically almost free, limitless, completely clean energy for the planet. It's extraordinary.
1: So what kind of energy do you need to fuel it? Would we still have to have fossil fuels to fuel it or can you skim off the top to refuel? I mean
2: No, this is the this is the great part. The you know, the inputs to these reactions once you obviously have built your fusion reactor are basically two different kinds of hydrogen. One's deuterium and one is tritium, otherwise known as um hydrogen 2 and hydrogen 3. Um Hydrogen 2 literally can be derived from water, tap water, and hydrogen 3 is a byproduct of lithium. So these are obviously widely available. That's the fuel, and those are the inputs to create this limitless clean energy. And, you know, perhaps, Glenn, another way to look at it is that if we think about an individual consumer – To produce 10 years of energy for an individual consumer, it only takes a few tablespoons of water and the amount of lithium that is in your smartphone. Wow. One person for 10 years. That's how incredible nuclear fusion is as a source of clean energy.
1: Holy cow. Now, they say um, that if this is true, it would still take us decades before we could open up a plant do you believe that to be true
2: no it can happen Mm. a lot faster than that um i i mean i think back to when you and i sat down in your studio almost three years ago to the date yeah Uh, i think it was november 2019 and at that time i predicted that we would see this moment within five years so before 2024 and uh, here we are. And back then, I remember the consensus in the industry was, you know, 2030 and beyond. Yeah. So um, no, it's not going to take 10 years to commercialize. Um, we're going to have compact nuclear fusion reactors, uh, really within the next three years, um, we're going to see net energy output. And then from my perspective, it's just a matter of commercialization. So as I look into the second half of this decade, we should see at least one or two companies producing those initial compact fusion reactors to be put into commercial use for clean energy production.
1: Like what kind of compact? What are you, what are you talking about for your house, for your phone, for well, a city? So it,
2: well, in the, you know, in the industry, when we talk about a compact fusion reactor, We can imagine something roughly the size of a semi-trailer, which is exciting because you can manufacture these things, (laughs) put them on the back of a semi-trailer, ship them out to whatever neighborhood or subdivision or city metropolitan area and install these and basically connect them to the, uh, the electricity grid.
1: And is this something that is uh, affordable? Will it become affordable? I mean, it sounds like the resources that you need are plentiful.
2: Yes the the engineering required is um, while uh, technically more advanced in terms of material science, especially with regards to making these um, uh, magnets that are required. Uh, to contain the this incredibly hot uh, pressurized plasma. That's really the hardest part. But the costs are going to be a lot less than a large um, uh, power production plant um, because uh, fusion is such an energy-dense um Right. Uh, way to produce electricity uh, as opposed to, you know, a natural gas plant or a coal plant, something like that, or for that matter, a nuclear fission plant.
1: And once you start the fusion, it doesn't stop, right? It just keeps feeding
2: uh, like the right. sun? So this is the great part. The, the, you know, this is in terms of operational cost. If you're producing 10 units of energy, then you can just take a portion of that energy and use it to to fuel the the nuclear fusion reaction it'll just go on forever as long as you need it to 24 7 Uh, that's the beauty of these fusion reactions and there's no risk of a meltdown at all Um, the moment you uh, basically um, take your finger off the button uh, basically the plasma cools down peacefully and the reaction stops and just stops producing energy
1: well, Jeff, we know that uh, big oil kept big battery from being made. Uh, and so now, why would big battery allow fusion to happen? What does this mean for all of the battery research and the cars we're building now?
2: Well, the um, yeah, the industry for uh, you know, petroleum and... Um, Uh, gasoline, of course, natural gas, this is the one that will be the most threatened coal as well from a breakthrough like this. Um, When we have limitless, almost free, clean energy, um, no carbon emissions, no reactive waste, um, you know, why do we need those other sources of energy? Uh, And there's obviously some very large vested interests that would probably prefer to not see this happened but the car industry uh you know this is what makes from my perspective electric vehicles make sense you know historically right. in the US 60% of all electricity production comes from coal and natural gas and in fact right. in the last 2 years our usage of coal has increased from about 21% to 25% just in the last 2 years i know it's counterintuitive um so driving around an electric vehicle when it's fueled by electricity from fossil fuels, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if we have nuclear fusion, Mm -hmm. then electric vehicles make a ton of sense uh, because we don't have to burn fossil fuels uh, to create the electricity to fuel them.
1: All right. So so I I hate to be such a pessimist, but I just have seen Mm. too many things here. There is also vested interest right now, especially with ESG. To make sure that those profits happen that haven't been happening um, and are causing all kinds of problems for these big hedge funds, et cetera. The idea that we are on a breakthrough energy uh, would funnel a lot of money into these kinds of new technologies um, <clears throat> and help fund them. Uh, and if they're real, great. Uh, if they're a you know Green New Deal, not so great. Um, And so there is big business and big money uh, and big government that would love to. It's just coincidental or 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 very, very convenient that this would be announced uh, like this by the government, which would play right into their hand. Am I being too pessimistic here?
2: Um, No, I I don't think you are. There's just tens of billions of dollars at stake here. And uh, obviously, I mean, even if we look at the whole carbon credit industry, the the net beneficiary of carbon credits has been the financial services industry that makes money trading these things around. They're not solving our environmental problems. Uh, You know, they haven't changed um, how energy is produced around the world. They're just a financial instrument. And so this is, real this is transformational in fact i would argue that um commercializing nuclear fusion technology is the single most important thing that we can do oh for, by far uh, our environment oh, easily by far. easily right oh,
1: this should be it this this is it remark- if, if you have this this is really all you have to do you'll take all energy um that is being uh, manufactured and make it 100 percent clean that that's all you have to do. That's like shutting the planet off, which they said we had to do.
2: That's what this would be. That's right. That's right. And I, you know, the, the the craziest thing about all of this is that as we were so close to having this, this breakthrough is that less than $10 billion, less than $10 billion over the last three decades has been invested by the U.S. government's and by the private sector mm. in nuclear fusion, technology projects and companies. Now, that said, this year, 2022, was an absolute record year. It was the biggest private funding year. This whole industry has been primarily driven by a private industry, venture capitalist. Um, and uh, so in that sense, it was a breakthrough year. And that's because people can see that we're we're really on the cusp of this breakthrough. So I think, I believe that at the government level, we're going to see a be- very big shift in terms of uh, levels of investment. This should be the equivalent of, you know, a Manhattan Project or an Apollo program yeah. in terms of energy policy. Na, 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 na.